Jerks in the Fourth Row podcast. I'm here. The dog is here. Hey, yo. And today, dog, what are we talking about? We're talking about uh, actors who couldn't make the jump from TV to the silver screen, uh, why they couldn't, and whether they chose not to, or if it was something they just fell short to. Yeah, so I think everyone kind of knows, you know, a few actors without, with just us saying that there, the way the dog was describing, that have pretty much made their career by staying on TV. What we mean by that is TV series, TV shows, Netflix, you wouldn't necessarily see them when you're going to the movies. Uh, And I think we're going to dive into a little bit deeper of like why they do that, or at least speculate why they do that. Um, and then kind of list off some of our favorites or kind of poke fun at those who, who maybe maybe couldn't make the make the jump. And I don't know why there's such like a negative, like I'm saying making fun of, like there's it's perfectly fine to just be a TV star over a movie star. It's just for some reason, it's just in public or whatever, the way that we see it, it's it's almost as if like you said at the beginning, like they couldn't make it like maybe they just didn't try. I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily they didn't try. I'm, I mean, some people just like consistent work. Um, and it's like a guaranteed consistent work thing, whereas like movies are sporadic. Like you do a movie and then it's done. And then you do a movie and then it's done. Um, but also, I, I mean, if you think about it, you're right that as a as a culture, we kind of like scoff at TV actors a little bit, or not scoff at. No, but no, but we, we rank think, them. We rank it for some reason. We movies think somehow, is... somehow we think lesser. It, or do you think lesser of TV actors, or not lesser? Or is it like a lower tier? Like, can a a TV be act a TV actor? Let's say be uh, an A list celebrity. Yes, definitely. I think so. And I, I mean, okay. I've got a couple examples here that I'll get into later, but I, th- I think pretty much everyone's going to know who, who these people are when I, when I list them off. So yes, but that being said, growing up, it always just kind of seemed like the natural progression was to go from like plays and scripts, then, to t- then onto TV, then movies. Whereas today, I don't think that that's as, as clear. I think we're actually seeing the opposite. Well, I think we're seeing pe- so- movie stars start to do passion projects through TV. And like miniseries, I think on our last podcast we were talking about the uh, series that I just finished up with, uh, Mayor of Easttown. Kate Winslet, an Oscar-winning uh, movie star, cho- is is now chosen to do a miniseries or do TV. So it's 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 different nowadays, but that's that that stigma of movies being ranked higher than TV for some reason still exists. At least in my mind. Well, the, I think there's. I think we're in the midst of a paradigm shift that way because um, of the way we consume, you know, TV and movies, which is all through the same streaming services now, um, and and we, we binge watch. So so although you know, it, I think it's more interesting, you know, the fact that we do hold this like lower, you know, expectation of acting or actors in you know the TV setting where. Yeah, you know, really. It, but where in reality, that's the place where they can build characters over time and like really show development and you know kind of pitch a story or you know de- um, execute a story in a and again a more progressive way rather than just like like I was thinking of like you know like Tom Cruise like I wouldn't want to watch Tom Cruise in something week to week, week after True. week after week after you know what I mean yeah like he's good in short spurts whereas like. 
someone like um, uh, Brian Cranston for me. I know he's done some movies uh, a good bit, but I personally, you know, I thought he was just as Walter White. You know, the 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 arc of that character again. You know, having I, having the character arc being so much longer, I think they, they, there should be that uh, that you know that that praise given to you know uh, TV actors more so than we than we do. Yeah, well, there's there's a certain amount of stamina that goes into some of these guys' careers too. Like, you know, they'll have to do they'll have to be on camera. Say you do a twenty season or uh, twenty episode season, you have to be on camera probably you know, at least five to six times longer than someone who's creating a movie and, and on set certainly over the years and years and years rather than a movie that might take, you know, two or three months. So, yeah, there's a certain, like, if anything, I think people are working harder for their money in TV. The majority of people who are in TV are working harder. But um, so I, let, let me get into a few people that I just looked up that I consider to be career TV folks. I mean, some of these names, you they'll have tried movies, but I think we can both agree that these guys, and I think anyone who's listening can agree that these people are, or these actors or actresses are people that have just, you know, consistently made a TV uh, a career in TV. Um, I don't know where to start because I'm not really ranking these, but the first one that I have here is Tom Selleck. Uh, yeah. The greatest mustache in TV history, by the way. I got to yes. just start of by course. saying that. And really, he's he's made his his career really only off of three shows, and that's uh, Magnum PI, Blue Bloods, and I'm even going to give him. He was a reoccurring fr- uh, uh, member of Friends, or he was like the yep. doctor or something yep. on Friends. Yeah, and he really, was Monica's that's, like alternative love interest. So, and really, that's it, right? So, well, yeah, I think honestly, it's well, you mentioned the mustache. It's more his his cultural relevance. So I think what, what kind of got me started on this idea this morning, Phil and I just like, oh, let's, what's an idea we don't have to put that much research into? And, and one of my ideas was defining what is Hollywood? So like that question I, I, I said at you earlier, like could a TV, uh, <clears throat> a TV actor be an A-list celebrity? And that's, and, and that's yeah, they can. So would you, um, would you consider and, Tom Selleck at any point in his career an A-list celebrity? Um, well, maybe before I was born, like many was doing Magnum PI. But again, and what I was what I was saying that before there is, it's almost like his cultural relevance is his mustache. So like <laughs> being known being known as the best mustache in the biz, like that's that is his relevance somehow, not what his he's done as an, an actor and I think there are some actors who again they have their shtick in like that thing they play that over and over and over and over um, I, I wonder and, if over and, the years he's ever shaved that thing I mean he'd be doing himself as well as all of America disservice if he did but I, he <laughs> looks so just weird like a swastika like birthmark underneath there that he, <laughs> he has to wear it or like it's like a medical thing. That thing is thick too. Like he must have a huge upper lip because that thing is just like, I mean, think about how big that's just, I mean, if, if anyone's listening who can Google how big and thick that thing is, like, I just, no, I, I just assume he was it's, born it's part with of his, it's legendary and it's a part of his personality. Like I always thought it was so weird. Like, so Maddie, my roommate watches friends all the time. And I always think it's so weird when him and 
Monica are in the same, like, he seems like way, like he could be her dad. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think it's that mustache and maybe cause our dad has that mustache, but no, nah, he's, he's know, older than her. He's always been older than her. It is. You're right. It he's is just old, I, but anyways, like they, that's a the show they could just throw anybody on. Like literally I'm finding, I don't think any other show has more cameos than friends. Um, and, and that's speaking of friends. That's another way that we, we got into this topic. I said, so texted Phil this morning and said, uh, yeah, actors, which, which act, which, Quickly, actors can mean both male and female, so let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, actors, um, you know, who uh, can't make the jump. Uh, and I said Clooney versus Schwimmer. Like, all right, so let's talk about, like, why does Clooney have it and Schwimmer just, like, he will, he, like, what is he, has he ever I mean, been in a movie, David Schwimmer? I'm sure he's been in something. I, I didn't research him for this, but I, I he had, he has to have been. But I think it's obvious. I mean, Clooney's just cooler. Like he's a movie. He's he's just much cooler, and he's got more talent than David Schwimmer. Like that's like comparing like Brad Pitt to like David Arquette or something like that. It's like it's just ob- it's obvious. No, but but Friends is the, all right. So Friends is the like arguably the one of the biggest shows of all time. If yeah, not the biggest show. I know of what all you're time. saying. Like, and Clooney comes. And he's from a main ER. character. Yeah, and Clooney comes from ER, but uh, I don't know. I, I mean. It, like why see like why will Clooney always be like a classy dude like because because he's twenty times better to look I think women and I think us we can both as you know men who are very comfortable with our sexuality say that Clooney is he's just a better actor and he's better looking than than Schwimmer I watched him in uh in from dusk dusk till dawn the other day he's just like kind of a badass I was like he just and that was one of his first uh on on uh, the big screen roles. Um, off of ER, um, and uh, he just killed it. But I couldn't see like the only thing I feel like I've seen Schwimmer outside of Friends is in Band of Brothers, with, in which he plays a bitch. Like you know, he's just like that that dickhead officer who just gives uh, uh, Easy Company a wicked hard time. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but what? But why? All right, so. Cause it's, but they're both. I mean, right. it, it can it can just come out to the it factor too. Like, there's some things you just right. can't explain. Like Clooney has so it, that's, and Schwimmer has. That's it. essentially that's answering the question of Clooney versus Schwimmer, or basically any of the guys on Friends. Like, why why does why why him? It's the it factor. Essentially. Yeah, I think you can say that about the the female characters on there. Though I think most of them had it. Jennifer Aniston had more. The, of this it factor than than the other two, that being like Lisa Kudrow just played Phoebe for her entire career, no matter what she did. But mm-hmm. you know that translated to a few movies and a couple other shows or whatever. But and then Courtney Cox, she I think she actually had a little bit of a range too. But uh, you know she was in the scary movie. I think she was in Ace Venture, but it was never quite a, like a lead role character. Was, what was she in Scary Movie? She was the the reporter from. Oh no, I'm sorry. So that was Scream, not Scary Movie. She was the. She, yeah, she, I was gonna say Sherry O'Terry was the Scream. Right, the, that was her. That was the one know, that was making fun of Courtney Cox. No, Courtney Cox was actually in the Scream movies. I think she was in like one through three, and she played like the reporter that just kind of moved the story along, and she became part of the story in some of them too. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think it just comes down to a, a range. Like if, if people, but it's, are... but it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea that these, the most popular show of all time, for some reason, couldn't produce, could only produce one actress or actor essentially who made it to the big time beyond okay. TV. So let's go to another popular, most popular show. Same network. I think we've talked about this one before too. In Seinfeld, one of the yep, other great. one of the other people that I listed was. Uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, right? So I think uh, she's probably she's arguably yeah. the second most famous most most famous actor to Jerry on there. Though I would argue that she's probably had the most successful career out of all of them after Seinfeld. Uh, but she's yeah. she's basically yeah. stuck well, to TV. I mean, the only movies I can think of her in are Christmas Vacation, and she did one with um, James Gandolfini right when he di- right when he died. And maybe a couple others, but nothing like nothing crazy. She's made her she's made her mark with Seinfeld and Veep. And then, do you remember? She also had like a spinoff show, or it wasn't a spinoff show, but it was like one that they really forced on us after Seinfeld called "The New Adventures of Old Christine." Do you remember that no. one at all? No. It was it was I mean, it was just awful. But the majority of her career, that's what she's done. She's also done a you know so, about a so dozen episodes on her. Julie- you would consider Julie Louis Dreyfus a TV actress, totally. a TV actor. Yep, totally. Yeah, I mean, other than that mm-hmm. one, oh, okay. Then there's that one that she starred in with Will Ferrell too, that movie. But I mean, nah, this is dark and weird. Yeah, and it's post prime. I think the prime of her career was spent on maybe even even one network and NBC, um, and then Veep was what Showtime or HBO, one of one of the one of the pay for uh, services. But yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Do you consider you know, a mix of both. I, I think it's it's pretty heavy-handedly TV. I think every single member of of the Seinfeld cast um, are TV actors. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Richards obviously screwed himself over by dropping the end bomb on you know in front of a bunch of people, so he could never act or do anything again. Um, and although although Mel Gibson's allowed to come back and do stuff, anyways. Uh, but I don't think uh, I don't think any of them could get out of the typecast that they that they you know each picked up in in being actors in the biggest shows of all time. So that's another thing that it's really hard to break the typecast of like right. the 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 character you played for so many years or in a such popular show that yeah, was, well, I know, think why. that's why Curb was so cool because that each character kind of comes on and talk about that. Like Jerry could always go back to his stand up and, and do do all that. Whereas Jason Alexander, he was I remember him in, on one episode of Curb saying that he was just typecasted forever for being George. Everyone wanted this quirky short bald screw up and he had more more you know acting chops to to give. Definitely. I mean, that's Schwimmer. David Schwimmer will forever be Ross. Um, right. And same with Joey. Joey will forever be Joey. Like, that's just the nature of having, and I don't know, that's a double-edged sword, I guess, uh, is, you know, having the biggest show of all time, you were forever that person. Like, yeah, no, so that's, I think- that's another good point. No, you spend so much time with that person and you, like, get to meet them on the show where they just become Vinny Chase. They become Jesse from Breaking Bad, and we couldn't remember Aaron Paul's yep, Aaron, the other name. Yeah, I was just gonna say Aaron Paul uh, from Break from Breaking Bad has really <clears throat> so. The, all right, that is a person who would be on 
my list of people who just couldn't make the jump. Um, so he has obviously had a really great career as Jesse in Breaking Bad, and he's tried so many different times to get into movies, whether as he's like, you know, the people use him as a cameo a lot, just throwing him in and be like, bitch, like drop his like, and that's the thing, he'll forever be Jesse. I think I was watching Central Intelligence with The Rock and Kevin Hart, and he basically drops a bitch just like Jesse, only to, you know, give a nod to his character. Right. Like, he will, he can't shake it. He, he just won't be able to shake it, firstly. But secondly, I feel like he's he's tried and I don't know about failed in in the movie industry. He's he's had like one or two where he was the, you know, he was the the lead and it just it just didn't work out. So, I what would you rather be? Would you rather be just no so say you were in a TV show and you were known for your role, you're a Jesse type. Would you rather be that type or would you rather be more like a So this actor's name is Jesse Clemens. He's he's a uh, um Oh, the actor's name is Aaron Paul. I know, but Jesse Clemens is is like another guy that was in. He's. I guess that's a bad bad example because you might not know who he is. But would you rather just be like kind of like a a non main character that's able to bounce from from different things? So like, uh, I can't come up with anyone on the, at the top of my, my the top of my mind. But would you rather be someone who is known for just one character or that guy who's in everything and they don't they just don't know your like, name? Hank Azaria is like kind of like that guy. Yeah, who's perfect. Just, perfect. Yeah, great example. Yeah, which one would you rather be? And so, would I rather be Hank Azaria, who has the some of the most consistent work of any person probably in Hollywood in terms of voice acting and on screen acting as well, both in on screen on the big screen and on TV. Um, and he has his own little miniseries type thing as like a, a, a sportscaster. So the guy's all over the place. So would I w- rather have that rather than, than what? Than Aaron Paul. Than just be like known for something, but that something is great, but you'll never escape it. I think you, I think you have my answer in the way that I described Hank Azaria. Because I respect work ethic and I respect also like getting better at something, I think. And I think, you know, actually that was what we really liked about Aaron Paul is we're in what this Breaking Bad allowed us to see is the improvement of his acting chops, which there's a few shows in which, you know, we've able to see people improve. And I'm not sure if someone worked with them or if it was their, you know, somehow the their self-awareness worked uh, in a positive way of like, oh, I got to. Okay, all right. So, so wait, wait, just so I'm, I'm clear. I think you're saying you'd rather be Hank Azaria, but... Yes, yes, sorry. I, the, the, yes, long-winded. I'd rather be Hank Azaria because I, I appreciate someone with work ethic, but also... Jesse has... I, Aaron Paul has work ethic. Like, he's... It's, it's just the opposite. He's probably... No, right. Just as talented actor, but because he did something so good early in his career, he's kind of screwed down the line for it. But So if two guys walk into, into a, a room... The majority of the people are going to know Aaron Paul over Hank Azaria. Sure. I, don't, I don't know about that. I mean, Hank Azaria gets know. that Simpsons money that. too, so that's another reason. To, all right, to so uh, all right, I will answer your question. I'd rather be Hank Azaria because, as a person with work ethic, I want to be working all the time in a bunch of different scenarios, and and I think he has legendary status amongst. Uh, 
people who really know the business. So I think that's, I, you know, he could, I'd rather be a person who can walk down the street, but I mean, and, and, and it's also like him doing a poo. He's, he's also been able to side sidestep some sort of racial, like, you know, uh, you know, touchy, you know, a touchy racial subject there, you know, being an Indian guy, there's, there's a documentary on it, but anyways, the guy. <laughs> so that's what you want. I'd rather, <laughs> you want to be able. I'd to... rather have the no, no, but I'm saying I'd rather have the opportunity because I wasn't as popular or as big a figure or like in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I'd have the opportunity to sidestep more things like that as you know we progress as a society. So you'd rather be above the law, basically, is what you're saying. And Hank Azaria, hey. in your eyes, is above the law. <laughs> No, I just know I'm bound to put my foot in my mouth one of these days. And I guess the lesser known you are, the the less likely you are to be scrutinized. Okay. Another guy I want to bring up, and this is one that uh, if you're listening, you might have to Google him. Maybe not. Um, David Boreanis. Do you know who that is, if I say that name? How about the lead, no. the lead actor in Bones? The show. The lead actor in Bones. Yes, I could picture him. I'm pretty sure he was in like... Um, not Sabrina the Teenage no, Buffy he, the Vampire. Yeah, fan. yeah, great call, man. So you do know who he is. So he's in Buffy. He's in this. He's yeah. in this show now, which is somehow on like season five or six. It seems like a new show called Seal Team. Um, and then he was in on on another WB show called Angel. I guess he was. I I don't know. I never saw any of those. Yeah, yeah. No, he's just you're right. He's just, he's he's always on a TV commercial of a show that you will never watch. No. <laughs> Exactly. But someone is. Someone's watching it out there. Uh, you know, it was like after the Super Bowl, watching those TV commercials, right. like just just or the the commercials of trailers of shows that are coming up. Like what was it? Queen Latifah's The Equalizer. Right. Right. It was like a Denzel like, movie that they turned into a TV show a with Queen a female Latifah character. TV show. They, they lost me so immediately. Good. Right. With with that whole I mean, thing. Not that Queen Latifah is a TV actor, but she's someone who's just going to take anything right now. But it's just, <laughs> it's sad some of the TV shows you see on there that it's amazing. You're right. People watch them though. Somebody's watching them. I've probably watched David Boreanaz in more trailers or in more commercials on TV than I've probably actually seen some of my favorite actors in real movies, like Screen Time, because they jam those, good for him. They, jam the, they jam those shows down. And throw, yeah, good for him. So, He's... He's made a ton of dough in his, in his in his career. He made a t- he was getting like I think I was reading he was getting like two, 250k an episode for like the final season of Bones. Uh, his net worth is 30 mil. Like the guy's made a killing, 30 million. And like so yeah, good for him. That's just his niche. It's just I don't know who's watching. And that's why it's kind of funny. Yeah. Think. But also I yeah, right. I don't know who's watching. See <laughs> Uh, but it, it's it's the same people who are you know just clicking around all the time and you know they find some people love tv and like they're just sitting around watching it all the time and they have their shows like some people still have cable and flip their shows you know we we obviously aren't one of them yeah um, yeah um all right so i got another guy who's in that same breath his name's scott bacula uh, and you would definitely know this guy if you looked in at Quantum him. Leap. Yes, yeah, dog. I'm surprised. Like, I'm pretty impressed with uh, your yeah. with your TV junkie knowledge here. Scott Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap. I feel like it, that's a joke in something. So, like, I feel like I've just 
I'm, I'm, I'm making fun, or I'm quoting somebody else making fun of. Him. Can you picture what he looks like? So he's he's the old guy from NCIS. So he's um he's in NCIS New Orleans now, but he's always just been in that series for seemingly ever. I think since like 2010. Um, and yeah, so he, he, like he just kind of is like the fill-in dad on a lot of different shows and just a career, career, career. And I'm sure just like David Boreanaz, you've seen more of his commercials than his actual work. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think they're smart and honestly probably have some decent self-awareness. Like, what the hell is that kind of guy going to be in Hollywood? Like, there's only so much room in Hollywood, I think, on, on the silver screen on the big screen for, for, you know, so many archetypes, whereas TV, like there are like people, there are a good bit of Americans who just watch TV at night and, and flip through the channels and are going to pick up stuff like that. Sure. Like more so probably than we'll go, especially the past year, then we'll go to a movie theater to watch a movie. It's, I, I agree, but there's gotta be, I know we're, we're, uh, we're probably 50, 50, but that's, that's uh, that's definitely at least I've probably been so, the, the the prior this last year because there hasn't been any good movies that have come out. So, but I think once movies are back, I'm I'm back in the theaters. Um, he was also in an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Do you remember that at all? The Scott Bakula episode. What what episode is Scott Bakula? Ah, I can't remember, but it was he was definitely in in one of those sunny ones. Um. He was like the janitor or something like that in one of the episodes. He, if, you, if you don't know who Scott Bakula is, you probably won't remember it. But they were, they were, uh, they were, they were kind of harping on him, and he was he was a part of the joke. Which so I've got respect for him. Um, he was also in New Adventures of Old Christine, so tying Julia Louise Dreyfus to him. He was probably in like two or three seasons of that. Um, so I, I think you know there's something to be said about Christine or excuse me, Julia Louis Dreyfus. And, and this guy, David Borealis, whatever the hell his name is. Yep. Uh, Bones. Uh, something to be said about having that awareness to stay on TV and not try to do a, a failed uh, movie career. I'd like, you know, if, if that's the way that people, that you're well-received, why screw with something that works hey, so well? I agreed. Agreed. If it ain't I broke. I mean, it's not, I mean, go, go where the money is, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, I, I'm starting to come around on selling out. In fact, I need to take a break here to pick a polar seltzer up <laughs> and uh, just quench my thirst here. But yeah, no, I mean, sometimes work and consistent uh, support from great yeah. sponsors. So the, the, difference between, the difference between David Boreanaz and Louis, Julie Louise Dreyfus, though, I think, is Boreanaz and Bakula have just been playing the same guy. Did, same detective, same cop, same whatever, for for their entire careers. Whereas Dreyfus at least has a little bit of, you know, she has a little bit of uh, range or what do you want to call it? She, she uh, diversity no, in the she's roles. A actress, right? I, and it's it's funny, I keep saying actress and actor, even though I made the point of making. Anyway, she's a really good actor, uh, and uh, I think again she just knows that, or maybe you know her agent knows. Uh, that that's another thing that we don't they don't I'm I'm sure they don't always choose for them and like you know their agents probably have a lot to do with you know getting the right scripts the the roles because there's some people who maybe have tried like Aaron Paul maybe he's tried but I think if he didn't maybe just 
found a role that was completely different than Jesse mm-hmm. yeah. from Breaking Bad, then he could have broke in, you know? Well, well that's, that's, but I think that's what been like their, their script choice. He could take a page out of, uh, um, what's his name's, uh, other Breaking Bad guy. Why is his name, uh, Walter White, his name in real life. Brian Cranston. Yeah. You're just saying that he could take a page out of Brian Cranston's book. Cause up, up until Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston used to be on Seinfeld used to be on Malcolm yeah. in the Middle, and he was kind of just kind of like this sly, you know, funny, goofy, you know, dad. He's a dentist in the in Seinfeld and, yeah. and Ma- Malcolm in the Middle, and he was just kind of a goofball up until Breaking Bad, where he's anything but a goofball. You know, I guess he starts yeah. off as kind of like a nerdy prof- or teacher or whatever, but he wasn't like a funny guy. He was serious throughout, and it was a completely right. different and I think that's, that's provided him with a lot more opportunities um, in movies, um, whether he's pulling them off or not, he's, uh, established himself as a film actor at this point. Yeah. So, so I think, so before we, you know, continue to say who hasn't really jumped or, uh, who hasn't made the jump, let's, let's give examples real quick of people who really have, we've talked about Clooney. Mm-hmm. I think Will Smith is an important one to yeah, talk about. Yeah, for sure. Definitely um, Will Smith. Yep. He, you know, again, uh, with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and then going into, I think, Independence Day was his first one. But being a, he was someone who just naturally took to the movie screen. Yeah. And uh, it was really wasn't looking back. Uh, there was no looking back. Um, For and sure. in, in, in opposite, actually, the inverse, I think it's interesting when movie actors go to TV, such as Alec Baldwin going to 30 Rock, which I think in hindsight is... At, Jack Donaghy is an awesome character that got developed, and it's just a great, great. Well, I think uh, I think you're seeing it more and more and more now. Like, I mean, just the inverse. Yeah, I I think people are coming back to TV now because of what you said before. I think, or or maybe it's not the pandemic. This is happening before the pandemic with True Detective. Mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson and and uh, Matthew McConaughey go back into True Detective. Um, <clears throat> like I said, Kate Winslet just did Mayor of Easttown. Uh, you know, the whole cast of um, Big Little Lies, Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, um, Laura Dern, like all these people, people going in for the Ozarks, Jason, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. Like you're almost seeing this as like a new form, a, a new art form that people are it's more acceptable now to, to go back. Huh, Whereas before you would go, you go from TV to movies. And then when you knew your career was over, <clears throat> Queen Latifah, then you'd go back to, then you'd go back to TV. So, I mean, that those arcs, people are still taking shitty roles. I just saw Ryan Phillippe on like this for like a couple episodes on this show called Big Sky. Don't ask me why I was watching it, but he's one who's just like, okay, he's, he's failed. Like, so there still is, there's still different paths, but I guess if so, no, they, I think as I said earlier on, that we're experiencing a paradigm shift right now. Paradigm shift in in how we view uh, content, and how we how we look at things. So, you know, before you know, we we had TV and film, but then also, dog, then in self proclaimed, it's not TV, it's HBO. Then there was HBO, which really was way ahead of their time in terms of producing shows like Oz and the wire like you said so so that was like some of the first un or like un um censored content long long uh 
scripted series that were put out and and they were way ahead of their time because the way that we consume a lot of people consume um shows and 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 whatever they're watching now is binge style so there's there's a lot of binge watching and and you know whether are you gonna binge Harry Potter and that's a series of movies. You're going to binge Lord of the Rings. That's a series of movies. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, you know what I mean? Like, or, um, so now there's less opportunity for movies to have a bigger effect in the home. And there's more of an opportunity for these shows. Right. To, it's, ki- to, it's kind of maybe, like a cross between like movies and books now, like the, these long mini series or whatever. Cause you get, you're more invested anytime you read a book and then go watch the movie. You're always like the book better because I think, yeah, you're always more invested in that. I think this is kind of like a hybrid of the two. Whereas like, yeah, we have a beginning, middle of end, but there's a couple of chapters that we're going along here. It's not just something you can consume in one sitting like a movie is. So you feel more invested to it and tied to it. But let's be real. Don't you think that the the fact that there's they're coming out with scripted shows that are all uncensored or not necessarily uncensored, but a lot more racy in terms of, so like when these, um, um, streaming services put out new shows, um, they're, you know, again, they can show nudity. There's going to be more violence, swears. You, you gotta, you gotta admit that has a, a draw to it rather than just watching cable TV you know, like I think. Yeah, no, but I think that, that has something in, to do with inherent that. draw to a more raw. You're not raw. It, it's a, a more what is it? Uh, more realistic, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's it has, it's got a lot to do with the FCC. So the FCC, for some reason, has the right to to censor cable, but not anything else that we pay for. Even though cable mm. now is probably the biggest, the thing that you pay for the most, the FCC yeah. had, is still. Governing that, whereas now Netflix you can get for thirteen ninety nine, and they can. There's no rules on that, and so I don't know how that. Maybe that's another podcast for another day as why all that works. But um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's like why do you go to the movies not to see the swears and whatever? But it's kind of like taking the governor off, and it just gives uh, you know a director writers more more of options to use rather than having to worry about you know being censored well there's definitely you know we're going through a time where there's some speech is being limited and being censored um but i think overall the streaming services are are kind of providing more room for artistic freedom um i think that that it's attractive to different actors as well or higher caliber actors too because you know now they can do you know elongated stories with you know character arcs as well as uh again having that element of you know that that rawness or that you know that uncut feeling or the you know the you know the kind of more realistic if you will element yeah tv's definitely starting to feel more like movies and like almost like I don't know if I mentioned this before, but it was—it's almost feeling like a mixture of like movies in a book because there's different chapters, there's different episodes, and like you said, there's no censorship anymore with the with some of these platforms. So, they there's more artistic freedom. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the subject matter tackled, in terms of the, I think the risks that actors can take too. 
I think for some reason, uh, these shows, and especially because they're on streaming services, somehow there's lower stake because they can just be thrown to the back of a catalog of the streaming services. It was like an idea they tried, and then it, it didn't seem to harm them too much in, in, the, in terms of the actor's career. Because there's been some crappy movies that have been put out in these streaming services or crappy shows, but I mean, I, it seems like the the idea of doing something in this new platform is attractive to actors who are, you know, looking to, to get out of maybe doing the whole, you know, one movie on and then try to find your next project. And then, you know, that's got to be disruptive to your personal life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you can find, I think it's a good mixture of what you were saying before. It's consistent work for these guys, but there's no limitation. There's not the there's not 50 executive network producers saying, oh, we have to have it, you know, look a certain way. So I think the less cooks that are in the kitchen or the less directors or people that have to, you know, edit it or view it or whatever, get it ready for a particular network so that it aligns with whatever, you know, NBC is, Disney is, whatever, then the, the better the product or the more pure the product is from, from the writer's standpoint and director's standpoint. And in order to compete, I would argue that like cable, um, things that are shown on regular TV have, they've had to loosen up their, um, uh, their restrictions a little bit. Like, you know, it all kind of started with, um, what was, what was some of the first ones? Oh, like, so I mean, I mean, the one that I can think of is, is Night of a Million Shits from South Park. So basically they're, <laughs> all, they're all of a sudden allowed to say shit on TV and they just the Trey Parker or uh, the the town the, the townspeople just go crazy. Wow! Wow! You can see <laughs> shit on TV, and then they just blew it way out of proportion. And they eventually Wait, had where's the roof on this thing? Right. And actually, there's there's actually some reality in that. In that, like having so you know South Park were some of the first ones to say shit, and then it was like after ten o'clock, you could say whatever you wanted on TV, essentially. Right. Um, but then even Breaking Bad, I think, took some steps as well. I think there was a couple episodes where Walt even said fuck or like maybe, you know, there was some pretty gory stuff that happened on that show as well. So, you know, it was it was interesting to see cable television kind of have to compete with these these new platforms because of what HBO, the HBO style content um, was was, you know, how much attraction it was causing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that we can do a, probably a whole other podcast on just like what the FCC still has regulations for because, I mean, cable is something that we, it, I, I almost look at it as like a, an antiquated streaming service now because you're, I, I can get stuff from YouTube TV or different Hulu or whatever, different parts of, of streaming services to piece together what cable is now. And now cable is the most expensive, for lack of a better term, streaming service yeah, they're the they're the most highly governed. So it's it's kind of weird how that works. We might have to do a whole nother podcast on on what that looks like now in the past, present, and future as far as censorship. I want to come back and I got one more guy that I want to go over with t- career TV actors uh, just yep. to bring it back to the subject. And that's that's uh, both our boys, Ted Danson. Um, hmm. I mean, early in early in his life, he did you know Cheers. Um, he did this show called Becker, which I... How is that, how is that both of our boys? Because you don't, you don't like him from, from Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, yeah, he, I think he's, he's one of the funnier Curb, guys on Curb. You know me. You know Curb isn't like my favorite show, but no, that's actually 
Well, that's like where I became aware of Ted Danson. Yeah. But I wouldn't call him like my boy. I don't know. He, he's doing this one now called like The Mayor. He just did um, The Good Place. He's been, and he, and just like our boy Scott Bakula, my boy, not your boy, Scott Bakula. He did like, he, <laughs> he did like a quiet five seasons of NCIS too. I don't know if you remember him from that. But really the oh, only I'm, other, the only movie that I remember him doing or the only one that I, when I researched that, I, that looked like a, a legit movie he actually did with tom Selleck, three babies or it's three guys and a baby or three men and a baby or something three like men that. and a baby yeah 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 yeah. no i'm well and that's just them capitalizing and being like again t- dabbling seeing if they could make that jump see if they could pull it off and somehow like you know have that role where you're now synonymous with films but it, it clearly didn't happen no like no, and I was I was actually kind of when I was looking through this, all the overlap between all of our characters. You know, I think Brian Conley's in. Can, can you guys do the, like the six degrees of Seb, Kevin Bacon? It wasn't too hard to look through all of these guys to see a, a, a bit of a connection between Julia Louise Dreyfus, Ted Danson, Tom Selleck, uh, David Boreanaz, and Scott Bakula. Obviously, I just mentioned that Bakula and Danson were on CSI. Um, Boreanaz kind of does his own thing, but you know, he's he's just kind of episodes, it's separate episodes of, of stuff with like Bones and whatever. But anyways, Dreyfus and Danson were obviously in Curb together. Um, Tom Selleck, uh, what did he do? Obviously, I made the, the connection with him and Ted Danson. And then Bakula's just been in a bunch of different things. He was actually the father or, or one of the love interests on uh, New Beginnings with Christine or whatever that, that terrible Julius Louis Dreyfus. So they've all kind of worked together. They've been in the game for 30 years and and they're they're overlapping in some of their good projects and some of their crappy projects as well. No, I think and I think that's uh, you're touching on something here that there's like this community of like career television actors. So I think there's there's some comfort in that. And I think Curb Your Enthusiasm kind of gives a little bit of a, 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 a tinted window into it a little bit. Um, but there is, there's, you know, some comfort. Again, I mentioned like, let out a little bit before it would be hard i think be a movie actor and to maintain a you know a relationship with your kids and to you know be home every night for dinner for you know as a conservative you know traditional family sense of you know things but but i but i think it would be you know more attractive to be a part of a community like this like there there are "Quote unquote comedy troops too like the Reno 911 crew yeah, yeah. i i feel like that's another crew that um and, and i'm going to connect this to another show in, in just a sec that's but that's another crew that they they kind of take care of each other and and they whatever show the next one is in they'll involve the other one yeah yeah it's like a family so like i mean they do this in movies too there's certain guys who are just always in the same movies together and i think with tv they kind of build off each other like reno 911 if someone gets a movie break or a different show they're going to bring clem onto it I think we can see that in the office. There was a bunch of people in Reno 911 that that all kind of spilled off into the office. Clem was one. Uh, who who else who else was in the office from Reno 911? I, I Oscar. Can't... Oscar was. Oh uh, right, yeah, was... right. Oscar, right. Yep. So so this is getting me to my my next point in that Reno was is a spoof of these shows like uh cops csi it's, no it's, it's a it's a spoof of, it's a spoof of cops like it, yeah 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 but i mean it's also it's this the csi miami and all these different cop shows like cops is like the real life yeah but there's also like the you know the 
community, there's, you know, the round, or not the round table discussion, but the, you know, the uh, uh, conference room meetings and stuff like that, where you get to know the characters, much like the CSI and Miami and NYPD Blue. But much like those shows, those shows and Reno are almost like, um, they're like shows made for career actors. Yeah. So it's... It seems like so many career career actors TV actors, their, career TV actors, right? Career TV actors, right? But yeah, but people get their start there as well. Like so it seems like that's almost like a, uh, just a part of your career path, or a lot of people's career paths. But like, yeah, I was on CSI, you know, Las Vegas for a while, and then you know after that I did. Uh, CPD Blue. It's like what? <laughs> it's in there. It's an endless, endless stream of these these um, shows that again keep these career actors it working. Uh, but I mean, I can't fault them for it, really. No, no man. I mean, let, let me first off. Let me of of the five actors and actresses that I mentioned, who would you who would you guess made the most out of, between? Uh, uh, Boreana's, Bakula, Selleck, Danson, and Julie's Dreyfus. Who do you think made the most money out of those five? Uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Yes. Easy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So by far, she's she's the highest. She's, she's, she's got that Seinfeld money. She got the Seinfeld like, money. She must be getting some royalties off of that. Either that. Well, no, or actually, now that I think about it, I think it was pretty much just uh, Larry David and Jerry who get royalties, but. She she did probably did really well on Veep too. Veep's a long running show. So I was shocked to learn that she has is a net worth. She's made a career for career earnings basically just on TV. Like I said, like like we said, really the only movie I can really remember her in is that one with Tony uh, Gandolfini and then Christmas Vacation. So she's James made, Gandolfini and uh, James Gandolfini. You said Tony. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano, so, yeah. Tony Soprano is James Gandolfini. So so total total net. Uh, career earnings. She's made two hundred and fifty million. I thought that that was that was just like crazy. That's huge. Um, that's, huge. Next, that's a quarter of a billion dollars. Like right. So that's, far, that is a ton of money for for a TV actor. That that's a huge amount of money. But again, again, I think she found her crew of people, her community, who really took care of her, and also gave her like the spinoffs and, and gave her chances to star because they knew she was a star. Yeah. But you know what her medium was, you know, again, that goes back to her awareness to be able to not try to become a, 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 a Hollywood actor on this, on the, uh, you know, the movie screen and instead just having her, right. her, um, you know, her cult following roles, you know, people love the, you know, yeah. and, you know, but, Although for me, it's hard not to see her as Elaine. You know, yeah, we oh yeah, about I always that, see her as that, Elaine. Oh yeah, the other um, the other movie she was in but, was was that one with Will Ferrell. That was the other one that she was in. But yeah, it's, it's she's she'll forever be Elaine. But it, like, I think I started out this conversation thinking that having something like the Jesse character from Breaking Bad, having that stigma throughout your entire career hurts you. But you almost get more chances because of it, and like. The other thing that you said that kind of hit me was these people also get to have a normal family life. They're in one spot. They're they're for most for all intents and purposes they're recording in the, in the same studio, the same area, the same setting. Uh, you know, for for years at a time. And 
you know, they're not always having to travel or worried about their next paycheck because of a solid show that they're on. Quickly, let me just go through the other guys and what they've made for career earnings. Ted Danson was $80 million, ridiculous. Tom Selleck, $45 million. That's about where I guessed, but he's been in the game for 50 years, 40 years. Um, David Boreanaz, $30 million, which I actually thought that would have been higher just because of how long he's been on network TV. TV. And, you know, a lot of these, for Bones, he was making $250,000 an episode. Like, I thought that that would have totaled to more, but <laughs> whatever. And then Scott Bakula was at $16 million, which... You know, nothing to shake a stick at. That's these are all really legit career, like total earnings for careers. Absolutely. So I mean, kind of. All right. So with all these names in mind, right on the tip of your tongue. I mean, we talked about Clooney earlier. We talked about Will Smith. Like, are these TV actors still on a lower tier than, say, Clooney or Will Smith? So. Clooney and Will Smith, I'd say yes. All of these actors are. I mean, those two are. Those, those two guys are, are A plus list. Julie Louis Dreyfus, do you think that you don't think that she and Will Smith could sit in a room together and and get the same amount of no, no notoriety? No, no, you don't think so. No, not in the world. No, Will Smith is is on a different pedestal. Is is on a different tier than she is. I'm saying like yeah. from our perspective, maybe, but overall, no way. No way. It's yeah. mm-hmm. Will, Will Smith has got way more star power than, than Julie Louise Dreyfus. But that's not to say that she isn't higher than, say, someone like, uh, I don't know, like uh, maybe you've, I, I would I would equate her maybe more to like Vin Diesel. I, I don't know. The, the, I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't know why I was going to say. Yeah, Vin Diesel. I mean, because he's known. He's just known through the Fast and Furious stuff and like Triple X. And... All right. What he has in like you know, uh, worldwide views she has in acclaim, if that makes sense. Like, she has more acclaim, but he has the broader recognition. Sure, yeah, we'll go with that. But they're both known I don't as... Know. I don't know. He's known as Dom Toretto. She's known as Elaine. Like, they've both kind of found their niche in, in, in either uh, movies or TV. And I, I haven't... I can't look... I don't know what what uh, Vin Diesel's made over his career, but I, I doubt it's 250. So, you know, if you're looking at that, I'd much rather have Elaine's career than, than his. Um, yeah, but as we talked earlier with Hank Azaria in having, I think we're kind of both coming around to the, uh, to the you know, the idea that we might personally prefer an act, a TV actor's life than, yeah. uh, than a Hollywood movie actor's. That and you can still, like Will Smith can't go anywhere. I doubt actually uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus could go anywhere, but... You know, once we get start going down to like Scott Bakula and even Mac from from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like I I bet you he can still go out without being noticed. I know you and I are big fans. I don't but know. I mean, so I, that's the thing. Sunny was like kind of like right on that line of the 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 streaming age, and they they definitely helped push the line, the final line, like South Park of what could be said on TV. But I think that with the stream, like the shows. Again, the, the binge style of watching things that our culture has adopted. I think Sunny is a part of, like, is much like The Office, is like one of those binge shows for a lot of people. I know it is for me. And, I, and for me, I, I think having Mac, Charlie, Glenn Howerton, and Caitlin Olsen, I think those to me are bigger deals. The, those actors, because it's my favorite show, are a bigger deal than, say, 
you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, who's been in some really good movies I've seen recently. Yeah, but if you show, if you if you take a hundred people, I would say sixty of them would recognize Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'm I'm thinking more like, you know, twenty would recognize Mac and D. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's that there are favorites because we're their demographic. Like if you show right, this to, to mom or dad or any of our aunts and uncles, like if you show who Mac was, they're not going to know who that is. Jake Gyllenhaal, the there's the there's point. there's a bigger there's a bigger chance because he's just been in bigger things. Again, that could be a like a whole game show, like not a game, but like a claim versus visibility. Like there are some people who everybody knows, like Tom yeah. Selleck, known across the world for his mustache, but he hasn't done shit. Whereas you know. Someone like, uh, who knows, ex-actor has done some great stuff and wouldn't be recognized. Yeah, it it almost sounds like a good idea for like a, for something that you can go off of IMDb, like a heat index or a popularity index or something like that. Like who's who's the most recognizable person? And you'd have to get a, like a pretty big sample of a pretty big diverse crowd as far as who they recognize. But, but you're right. It would have to be like, it would have to be like fan um you know polled like it would have to be you know you you if you recognize this person you hit thumbs up but if yeah, you don't right. thumbs down something like that or you'd have to type um, their name in or something because people could recognize but yeah i, I get what you mean a new obsession with somebody just ups- like nick cage just really worrying about where he was in that line of things <laughs> <laughs> uh all right all the pieces are there dog let's get let's get it on the line and figure out how to do this um, all right. Did you have anything well, else? Did you have anything else about uh, TV actors for today? No, I mean, last thing on Sunny, it doesn't like the speaking about TV actors who really haven't been able to make the jump. Uh, you know, obviously Danny DeVito. Uh, is, well, he started out in TV in Taxi Cab, and then went had a huge movie career and then came back. I I think that's interesting when people come back like to to a TV career, and I think that's what we're seeing in this shift of how we consume things is people like Danny DeVito coming to right. a show like Always Sunny or, you know, and I think actors like him and, uh, and uh, like Alec Baldwin, say for 30 Rock, really kind of s- saw that before, you know, kind of anticipated this move towards scripted uh, series rather than movies. See, I, I mean, it's, it's turning out that way for Danny DeVito and Alec Baldwin, but I think DeVito... Right. I don't think that there's too many people calling for for him in his career at that point for movies. I almost no. think that when he moved back that, to Sunny, that was a step down, and now because of the success of the show, it's 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 back up again. But yeah, no, that's, that's great. Now he's a legend. Now he's almost like almost Bill Murray status legend. Almost. Yeah. 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 Yes. Equally as recognizable. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'll give that to you. Yeah, he's he's just like quirky. You know, he's like a quirky guy who's been around forever. That has his own shtick. That it's hard not to laugh at him when you see that Humpty Dumpty, Roly Poly. You know, you know, groggy voice guy. Like he's funny, man. Yeah. But uh, he's and they they made the Lorax basically just for him. And then all the Eminem commercials that he's in in the Super like people definitely recognize him. Okay, so final question here. Yeah. So final question, and it's an Office-related one. So Steve Carell, yeah, obviously has had one of the most prolific TV roles as Michael Scott. Yeah. Which again, before it's time doing a series, he then almost solely moves to films, and really 
none of which are are successful. So was The Office or oh. highly successful besides maybe like The Big Short? Oh, the the one the Fox run, the one that he does with the wrestlers with yeah, Team, team Foxcatcher. No, it's good, but I'm saying what was The Office for him? I, I want to go back. I want to go back. Little Miss Sunshine, like. I would say that was that was before The Office, Little Miss Sunshine. I don't think so. I know I don't think yes, so. What? Grandpa, Grandpa Conley was 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 talking about that when I was a teenager. That was, I think maybe it was around the same time then. I, I would think his his okay. success in movies. I think he's had more more good movies. There's but one. What my question is, what my question is, and the final one, it was his role as Michael Scott, a double edged sword, because he never top that again even though he got a ton of roles and, and did them really well i think but he never really received that like not half of the acclaim that he gets for being michael scott so uh, was it a double-edged sword in hindsight no i i think in hindsight i think it launched it's one of the very few times where i don't look at steve carell every single time i see him in a movie and think there's michael scott and the reason is is because he went from a comedic role on tv and to most of his movies, with the exception of like Date Night or whatever, are com- are non-comedic. They're all pretty serious roles. So he's almost two different people for me. He was in The Morning Show. Uh, there was a show on Apple TV with Jennifer uh, Aniston. With, as a very, like, they're just completely different people. They almost try to turn him into like a sex symbol on, uh, in some of his new movies. Whereas he is the farthest thing from that in, in office. So I think that that might be something that people could look at to escape the role of whatever they were on TV, flip the script completely and go and do that on, on, on movies if you're trying to make it. And if you have that range, many people don't. Michael, Michael Richards does not have that. Kramer only has Kramer. So, you know, it's... No, no, but I, I agree that, I mean, you just turned me around. So I think that he will, again, going back to visibility versus acclaim... I think that, again, The Office is, I don't think it's even arguable, it's the most bingeable show that is on one of the, some of the streaming services, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. And then, but, but he has gone on to do some awesome acting, to prove that he's got acting chops and to do some really bold roles. So it really kind of did let him write his own, you know, his own path or, you know, to yeah. direct his own path and to do some of those more bold, sharp, uh, sharp, edgy characters um, that again weren't necessarily broadly acclaimed, but were if you watch them, you'd be like, man, that guy can act. Like, yeah, that's. But I think he's um, one of the few who who in nowadays can do that, can make the switch from network television into drum. I think, yeah, I, I it's it's definitely an exception to not the exception to the rule but he's one of the few who can do that we were saying brian cranston is doing that earlier too like it it takes a special kind of actor and character to, to show that type of range all right Doug, mm-hmm. that, you've got range you're not just going to be typecast into podcast i know you've got gigs coming up i mean what else i mean you're not you're not thinking about acting are you Really, the only acting I think I do is acting like I know what I'm talking about on this podcast. So <laughs> I think I'll probably I'll probably stop with that and uh, hopefully wrap up here. Yeah, or acting like you like all the stats that I throw at you are, are half interesting. But I appreciate that. All right, man. As you can heard, as you heard before, my dogs were just going crazy, so I got to take them out. Um, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week, dog. I'll see you sooner than that. Peace. Let me up to zone out.
pushing past.